Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on January 25th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This podcast cuts through the noise and gives you South Carolina-specific COVID-19 news and stories. This episode features comments from Governor Henry McMaster on vaccine rollout improvements, a look at a busy week at the Statehouse, and we have the most recent unemployment claims data. Also, the state appears to be plateauing when it comes to key metrics, DHEC's Dr. Brandon Traxer explains. And Scott Morgan has a report on fighting mistrust and misinformation when it comes to the state's most at-risk populations. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your daily life in these uncertain times. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. 803-563-7169. We not only want to hear from you, but we want to see you. That's right. We're going to peer through your, your computer screen at the upcoming virtual lead happy hour extravaganza. Y'all ready for this? Brown liquor. Uh-huh. Yes, that's right. It's planned for February 4th at 6.30 p.m. Join us. Everyone's doing it. We've heard from literally everyone. They're going to be there. It's going to be us and some of your favorite lead guests. February 4th at 6.30 p.m. You can find the invite on sceTV.org slash sclead. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is ongoing, widespread, and not contained, according to Department of Health and Environmental Control data. There have been 5,920 confirmed deaths, and currently there are 379,775 confirmed cases being reported in all 46 counties as of January 25th at 4 p.m. Now, when you factor in our probable deaths, South Carolina has had 6,552 deaths so far from COVID-19. We saw more than 120 occur just over this weekend. Our current percent positive rate is 25.3%. There are 2,201 patients hospitalized with COVID-19. Now, while this is high, it's down from our record of 2,466 on January 13th. But 429 patients are in intensive care and 262 are on ventilators. On the vaccine front, more than 41.4 million doses have been distributed countrywide and 21.8 million doses have been administered, according to the CDC. And we have an update for you on the vaccination efforts underway in the state in our medical section in just a few. Lawmakers are back in session Tuesday for a busy week as bills start working through subcommittees up to committees and make their way to the floor of their respective chamber. One of my coworkers tells me that there are 31 meetings this week that have requested ETV streaming support. Apparently, it's a record. So busy, busy. And the fetal heartbeat bill has emerged as a top priority for the Senate. While the future of Santee Cooper and providing more than $200 million in vaccination funding for providers are immediate priorities in the House. There are several notable bills slated for Senate subcommittee hearings this week that deal with COVID liability, paid 12 weeks of family leave for state employees, several education bills, and the Senate Education Committee will hear from Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman on Wednesday, and they'll also take up S-201, which deals with the Education Accountability Act. 
Over in the House, the Ways and Means Committee met Monday about vaccine funding for providers in the state. Now we tape before this meeting, so I can't tell you what happened, but I have an idea. There are also education bills moving through subcommittee, as are funding requests for several state agencies, while the House continues to craft its budget. The full Judiciary Committee will stream its meeting for the first time in years as they take up a bill to reform the governor's powers under emergency situations. There's also a Joint Bond Review Committee meeting this week. Now, this is a committee made up of House and Senate members that review and approve big non-transportation infrastructure spending projects submitted by state agencies. There will be discussion about broadband and review of DHEC's COVID spending. Whew, you like words? I got words. Moving on, Governor Henry McMaster said on Friday that he was pleased with the progress hospitals were making in rolling out the vaccine compared to visits he made earlier in the week. At Hilton Head Hospital, he said medical centers are getting the message to use the vaccines as fast as they can instead of saving them for second shots. That has been largely worked out. Another, there was confusion about whether the, when the first doses came in on whatever day that was, whether they should be halved with some, with half put in arms and the rest postponed for the several weeks later when the second doses would need to be uh, administered. But that has been cleared up as well. Uh, so as uh, Mr. Clark has said, they're getting their doses in and they're getting them in the arms and it's not even taking a week mm-hmm. to run out and that's when the next shipment comes in. So that's good news and you are correct. The hospitals you mentioned, this one, are doing a, a, an excellent job. Uh, we have done a number of things as well in order to provide for more people. We've entered into an order with DHEC and the Medical Association to where retired nurses, retired doctors, medical students, and a number of others can volunteer. And they can go to the DHEC website and volunteer, but most of them are going straight to the hospitals uh, or straight to the mayors or straight to people they know. So the good news is we're organized, we have the assets, We've worked most of the bottlenecks out. There'll still be a few, but we've got the whole team on the field and we're moving forward and we're giving those shots as quickly as possible and getting rid of them, getting them in an arm before the next shipment comes in, which is one one week later. Uh, But now we're moving so well that we're waiting for more and more vaccine. Currently, 475 National Guard members are part of the COVID response in the state, and they're handling a variety of tasks, but roughly 40 of them are administering shots. And speaking of the Guard, 650 U.S. Army National Guard soldiers from South Carolina returned from Washington, D.C. on Sunday to readiness centers across the state after providing support for the 59th presidential inauguration. Welcome back, folks. The lead salutes you. We have some grocery store news for you, including some from one of my favorite grocers, Aldi. The German-based grocery store chain announced that it would be providing up to four hours of pay for employees to get vaccinated when they're able to. Lidl is doing something similar, as is Trader Joe's and Dollar General. So a lot lot going on there, people being proactive there. Publix has also expanded distribution of coronavirus shots to 42 pharmacies in South Carolina, the third state where the grocer is providing the vaccine. Shots are for those currently eligible, and appointments are being scheduled through their online system. So you got to go to the website, which 
I'm sure it's completely booked. And Walmart is also now booking vaccine appointments in the state. Now, the Moderna allotments for these pharmacies come from the Federal Retail Partnership. And this has ramped up in our state since the full allotment of Moderna doses for long-term care facilities have been completely delivered. And real quick before we leave, the South Carolina Department of Employment and Workforce reported that initial unemployment claims fell by more than 1,300 to 6,683 for the week ending January 16th, that from the week prior. The state has also seen a decrease of 3,138 South Carolinians claiming weekly unemployment. Currently, 47,907 are receiving state benefits. And like we mentioned last week, Boeing will report fourth quarter earnings data on Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. going to start off our medical section with a bit of good news from DHEC. Interim Public Health Director Dr. Brandon Traxler said the state has seen a small but promising plateau of several key factors over the past few weeks. Because DHEC and our hospitals had prepared for this holiday surge, we were able to overcome and get through it and ensure South Carolinians received the medical care and treatment that they needed. Now that we're several weeks past the holiday season, I am happy to say that our deaths, cases, and hospitalizations are no longer increasing, although I'm not confident in saying that they're decreasing either. We're seeing a small plateau for the last week or two. This right now, right this moment, could be a turning point for our state. If we can muster up the dedication to continue to do what's right for a few more months, give these vaccines and others time to really get out there, we can beat COVID-19 as quickly as vaccine production at least allows us to. If we continue to wear our masks, physically distance, get tested regularly, and limit contact with those outside of our home, we can put South Carolina on a true downward trend and put us in the best position possible for stopping COVID-19 as more and more of us have the opportunity to receive our shots. Good information right there, and again, something we can all work toward improving. Of course, the big challenge that remains is the lack of available vaccine. Once more vaccine gets into the state, more providers will be administering doses. Right now, more and more doses are making their way to rural and underserved areas. And should additional vaccine funding come from the state, that outreach will be boosted. We have already brought um, vaccine providers on that are not hospitals that are out in these rural communities. The federally qualified health centers began vaccinating last week, I believe, and um, the rural health clinics receive vaccine this starting this week, I believe. They both now are receiving vaccine and are out in the communities uh, vaccinating. Um, In addition, as as more vaccine becomes available and we're able to to broaden uh, access, we will be working with other vaccine providers and the DHEC health departments uh, to make sure that the clinics are being done in all of the rural areas um, so that everyone, regardless of how close they are to a hospital, has access. The DHEC board will meet January 26 to determine the best way to allocate vaccines going forward, which could include giving bigger hospital systems with robust vaccination programs a larger allocation or allotting doses on a county per capita basis. Nothing has been decided on this yet, but could be implemented as early as this week. 
Until two weeks ago, we were getting an, uh, the requests that were coming in from hospitals and other providers. Based on the amount of vaccine that we had coming into the state, we were able to nearly meet, you know, nearly fulfill all of those requests, um, which do range in size um, based on the capacity um, and the number of staff, number of people in that community that are phase 1A, you know, the requests from the hospitals and other providers. Um, beginning two weeks ago, we saw a significant increase in the uh, amounts of vaccines that were being requested, while, whereas the number of doses coming into the state still was the same as we'd been getting in previous weeks. So for the last couple of weeks, we've been able to only fulfill a portion um, of every facility's orders. Um, but our DHEC board is going to be meeting tomorrow, and we'll be presenting some models uh, to them for how to to allocate vaccine and they will be helping to work with us to determine the best allocation method uh, going forward. Should the additional $208 million vaccine spending bill make it through the General Assembly, Traxler said DHEC's share would go toward increasing vaccine access. We'll keep an eye on this as it goes forward, folks. Next up, South Carolina Public Radio's Scott Morgan has this report on fighting back against vaccine hesitancy and misinformation involving those at higher risk of dying from the virus the black community. Among African-Americans, mistrust of vaccines runs deep. And here we are, with a brand new vaccine for the world in an age of at least two devastating pandemics, COVID-19 and misinformation. So what I've seen from social media, like my family and friends post certain things about how they feel like they're being targeted, that if black people get it first, they're trying to erase us. This is Jendaya Fleming. She's 22, she's African-American, and she's a media student at Winthrop University in Rock Hill. Among her circle of friends and family, there is intensely morbid skepticism for the COVID-19 vaccine, to the degree that these friends and family worry that the vaccine is a carefully orchestrated system of genocide. That's very hardcore, and that's why a lot of people are not wanting to take it. Like, I've had a lot of my family members say they're not taking it until they see everyone take it. Most of Fleming's friends and family don't watch, read, or listen to the news. They turn to social media platforms where they see and hear an endless stream of mis- and disinformation. People have been scaring black people by showing them side effects like, well, my face was paralyzed or like their hands weren't working. People are posting that instead of like us going on the news or like actually looking at positive stuff. We just look at the negative and they're like, oh, we're not taking it. We know right now severe allergic reactions have occurred in about five out of every million doses of vaccine. Dr. Jane Kelly is South Carolina's assistant state epidemiologist. She says most vaccines have a roughly one in a million chance of severe allergic reactions. But these are treatable things. And if you're going to look at your risk of receiving vaccine and worry about something that's five in a million, I would ask you to also look at how many people have died of SARS-CoV-2. As of late January, that number in the United States is about 400,000, and those deaths are disproportionately among African-Americans and Latinos. In Rock Hill, where 40% of the population is black, community leaders are acutely aware of the scale of the fight to get the point across that the vaccine is safe. There's a lot of voodoo, a lot of hoodoo, a lot of propaganda. Apostle Norma Gray is the president of Rock Hill's NAACP chapter. You can Google anything and read up so much of erroneous stuff. NAACP Rock Hill began a series of online symposia this month, 
The sessions feature community leaders and medical doctors who are working to ensure that African Americans make informed decisions about the COVID vaccine. Gray says she's not trying to talk anyone into taking the vaccine. She just wants the reasons for not taking it to be based in reality and not in social media garbage. The truth of the matter is this vaccine is scientifically proven based on fact, not fiction, not propaganda. And I, I need all of you to dig a little deeper, dig deeper than Google. State and federal COVID resources are a good start, Gray says. But she also knows that when it comes to getting the word out, the African-American community's best resource is itself. That's why the doctors on these NAACP webcasts are black, because black neighbors, families, and friends trust informed black voices above all others. Dr. Kelly says the State Department of Health and Environmental Control is trying to capitalize on that to encourage as many people as possible to get the vaccine through messages, PSAs, spokespeople interviews, photos of prominent leaders in the African-American community receiving vaccines, such as Dr. Linda Bell, but also through faith-based communities, uh, as well as pastor groups, community health worker groups. Something everyone involved in vaccine messaging seems to agree on is that nothing beats talking things out with a trusted doctor, and everything beats out drawing your conclusions from people online. Deborah Whitaker, a graduate student at the University of North Carolina and member of Black Lives Matter Rock Hill, puts it this way. We are being misled by ourselves. We talk to each other, but we don't go to the people who know about our bodies. We need the knowledge of people who work in this every day. If you trust your doctor, talk to your doctor. And of the more than 277,000 vaccine doses administered in the state, DHEC has reported only minor side effects, such as a sore arm near the injection site and a day or two of malaise and sometimes a low fever after the second dose. So again, no major side effects here. There have been no reports of serious reactions to the vaccine either, though there is a slight risk of a serious allergic reaction for folks who have a history of such reactions. Though that risk is isolated to about 11 people out of 1 million, and is the main reason people are monitored for a short period of time after receiving their vaccine. And last up, Prisma Health announced that it reached 9,370 daily COVID-19 vaccinations on January 21st as it works to meet its goal of 10,000 a day thanks to its two high-volume vaccination sites in Columbia and Greenville. Now, as a result of this undertaking, the hospital's vaccine supply is extremely low. Prisma Health Upstate and Midlands together have administered more than 73,000 doses so far. That's a lot of cheddar. And Moderna announced Monday that it is working on a booster shot to combat the new COVID-19 variants. The company said its current vaccine does work against the British and South African variants. However, the efficacy of the vaccine is diminished. And just so you know, DHEC says we have not seen any variants in our state. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how you're handling things. Tell us how you're maybe navigating the vaccination process. If you're eligible to be vaccinated, uh, if you've tested positive, any stories you're willing to share about you or your family going through this, we're very interested. Everyone has a different story to tell. Everyone's being affected by this differently. And we'd love for you to share that with us by calling 803-563-7169. You can leave us your name. Where are you calling from? And a message no longer than three minutes at 803-563-7169. And AT, like we said last week, we still are working through a backlog of some voicemails here. We've had such an outpouring of support from our beautiful leaders. 
beautiful. I heard that our listeners are the most beautiful listeners and they're the smartest. And yes, uh, yes. They, I mean, I, I, I'm just speaking for both of us. I think I can right there. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. So we're going to listen. Yes. 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 My year yes. Of, I'm doing my year of yes right now, right here. It's my year of yes. Uh, no. <laughs> wait. Um, I'm not supposed to so, say it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to do, we're going to slam two right here. Boom. Okay. I know we had that triple last time, but this is only two. Okay. So here's our first one. Okay. Harris from Greenville, South Carolina, and on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, my grandparents got the first dose of their vaccine, and we haven't been able to see our grandparents for a long time. Well, thanks for calling, Terrence from Greenville. We're excited to hear about your grandparents getting the vaccine, Terrence, because I know it's been difficult for a lot of people since we have to maintain our distances just to keep make sure everyone's going to stay safe, so... Great to hear about that first dose. Huge news. Yeah. Huge news. So happy for you, Terrence. Okay, next up, we got another caller from the upstate. Let's Ooh, hear love it. Um, hi, Gavin and AT. I'm calling from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um, I'm going to start off by saying that I am a major Gavin Jackson fan girl. I actually got to see him at Rock Hill Brewery in Rock Hill a few years ago and got my picture taken with him, and that has just made me ecstatically happy. Saw A.T. that day and thought, hmm, another really good-looking guy, but never thought about it again until A.T. started appearing on the the show as a regular, and then I started thinking not only good-looking, but um, witty and clever as well. Very good addition to the show. Um, So you got two good-looking guys, and I will say that over the past uh, coronavirus year, I've been enjoying the extra shows and listening to YouTube banter, and I will say also that most of the time I come down on AT's side when it comes to movies and everything else, but sorry, AT, cannot agree with you about bacon. You're kind of missing the mark there. But anyway, um, I was very happy to know that South Carolina considered mental health workers as essential workers, which we didn't used to be considered. And so I did get my COVID vaccine um, exactly one week ago. Guys, did not hurt at all going in, no symptoms afterward, did have a little bit of a stiff upper arm for a couple of days, but not complaining because I'm already starting to feel more confident in public. Um, other than that, don't have a whole lot to report. Um, just hanging out and with my grandkids, uh, seeing clients. Four days a week, really booked, because, you know, with the depression and the anxiety and everything that goes with COVID, and um, uh, thrilled to get to talk to you guys. Oh, I will tell you this also. I would would have called sooner if I wouldn't have been too lazy to write down your phone number, but you guys never put it up on, like, the show notes. So talk to you later. Bye. I want to say thank you so much to our Rock Hill fangirl. I cannot remember your name. <laughs> you didn't tell us your name, and I feel bad you about it. You remember seeing I, her, though. I, yeah, I have the photo. I just scrolled through our Instagram to see if I put your name on that photo from 2019 when we were in Rock Hill. She uh, did not. But uh, again, super glad you called in. Understand about, um, you know, waiting to call in. A lot of people have been mentioning that they've been taking their time to call us, but... Thank you for the wonderful compliments <laughs> and great to hear about getting the vaccine and how things are working out for you as a result. Uh, hopefully we'll be, we'll be back in Rock Hill one of these days soon. One of these days one of these if days, we never travel again. Yeah, I know. Join us on the happy hour. Closest thing we'll get. Yeah. You know? 
that's you that's can check, you can check our website. You, they'll definitely be there. You can you can sign up for that and see us again. How handsome we both are. I yes. Mean, oh I my understand. Gosh. Gavin is dashingly handsome. I mean, yeah, I pale. I pale in comparison. And, and I just didn't hear anything negative about the the mustache either. So I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna chalk that up to a win for the mustache. Maybe she doesn't know about our mustaches. I have long hair now. Ooh, rough. Yeah, you're really going bad. boy band right now. It's really it's really yes. different. I got a bee bob going on. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but people like it. People are enjoying it. People are liking feedback. it. Returns are great on the hair. <laughs> the um, ROI is just the amazing. ROI on this hair is fantastic. Um, yeah, well, I, I, mean, I mean, can we talk about? She did come down to your side about movies, and I want to mention a lot that of stuff here. Yeah, heard, which means yeah. all I heard her say was. I'm a Fast and Furious fan. Fast and Furious. But after head, she said yeah, that, I couldn't really focus on anything else. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know how she uh, uh, can can live in both those worlds, being a Gavin Jackson head and also liking Fast and Furious because they're just antithetical to each other. She's come around like. to your ways. It's it's a it's a it's a difficult line to walk. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bacon though. I I made some bacon this weekend. You know, I'm not really big on making the bacon because it's not the most. I, I think I feel like I need to clarify product. my stance on bacon. Please. bacon is good i like mm. bacon on its own mm. i just don't think bacon needs to be everywhere all the time omnipresent on everything like if we're talking about a bacon wrapped steak we're talking about a steak that tastes like bacon right mm. you don't taste steak you taste bacon like a bacon wrapped scallop is like bacon like do we do we need those i like scallops i don't need bacon on it but little, i like bacon yeah i mean all of this revisionist history stand no, <laughs> I'm backpedaling, walking it back. <laughs> the, the pork industry is going to be pumped to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, I've really heard from Big Pork. They've been beating down my door. Yeah, uh, pissed off. <laughs> They've been pissed. Get some like um, pig sound effects, please. Uh, points, points. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the the bacon and cheese was definitely your your spiciest take to date, and has really just rippled through the community. I'm glad that that is the spiciest take because um, I've got I've got some heaters that that <laughs> are not fit for for listeners' ears. Um, but with, while we're talking about uh, great cinematic features, yes. I was telling you earlier that I watched uh, Stephen King's only directed film, Maximum Overdrive, which is just like <laughs> what a great name for a film. I'm going to use the word <laughs> film. It's film. It's it's cinematique. Oh, it's just like what in the it's a world? It's a literal wreck. It's on Amazon. If you're interested, you need a bad movie to watch with a good laugh track. It's there. And yeah, it's, he it, has even he is on record as saying he was in way over his head mm -hmm. and that it's a terrible movie. And I think Gavin and I were talking about this before. He uh historically has said that he doesn't like kubrick's the shining he doesn't like that movie because of the changes that kubrick has made mm -hmm. so i think in his i mean he he's admitted that he was a drug addict alcoholic then yeah he had and a rough I time going he, on there so he was like i could do this better and just made a mess of a film with with emilio estevez oh my god <laughs> he, he was like you would have thought he was acting in some sort of like like uh you know, Oscar nominated film, like the way yeah. he was just so intense. You're like, Emilio, you're a line cook. Like, calm down. <laughs> he was going Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah, that was pure 1980s cinema. Oh, July release date, July 25th, 20, 1986. So uh, just yeah. shortly after my birth. It was, it was probably it was an, in remembrance was, I think of, it was to honor. mark that date. Yeah, it was an honor. <laughs> oh God, once it, you were you were the child that was foretold by Stephen King's <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> I was born by a machine. Ah, uh, my blood is oil. <laughs> we we created you. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna watch it. You're gonna love it. Call us when you see it. Um, and then I watched The Poltergeist also on Sunday. Always a good family flick. Yeah, if you need something movie. with the kids. That's a great one. 
Uh, AT, was there anything else you wanted to talk about here we, we need to address on this Monday oh, afternoon? Uh, the only thing that I had written down is that uh, this past weekend, and it made me think of you mm. because I mm-hmm. surround myself with these people. and I, I, I These people. Uh, you people. I'm, I'm on record as calling it you people. Um, mm-hmm. so the little as a people. Child, as a child of the 90s, like Nickelodeon, early Cartoon Network, two of the biggest things around. And I saw this picture and it just had like a collection of all the cartoon characters from early Disney Channel and Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon from when we were kids. And mm-hmm. I showed it to my wife and I go, she historically, she'd never had cable. Caitlin, she doesn't know any of this stuff. I go, can you name any of these people? She was looking at it. She saw the recess kids from Disney and she yeah. goes, Boy, boys outside. I was like, <laughs> close, recessed. <laughs> and then she goes, and that's Bert. And I go, well, this is really where it stuck with me. I go, who are you talking about? She points. She goes, that's Bert. I was like, no, Caitlin, that's Bart Simpson, not Bert Simpson. <laughs> They're out of Bort license plates. And so, talk to me, lady? No, my son is also named Bort. Bort, come here. But uh, you don't have to have had cable to know these characters. I'm I mean, well, she doesn't. I'm very well she, versed, and I didn't have cable. She doesn't. She doesn't know like Rocco's Modern Life or Angry Beavers. Yeah. She's never seen Are You Afraid of the Dark and stuff like that. You've been married Wild to her Thornberry's for how long? Gone. And this is still what's going on here. We've been together for 15 years, and it's still I. Every single time that this uh, comes up, it's it's devastating to me that I associate with people who who. Have not absorbed this pop culture. This is on you. you it's your duty to re-educate your wife on such the, pop culture matters. I need, I need to clockwork orange her eyes open and make her watch the <laughs> all, all of Rocco, all of Rocco, early yeah, Batman and, and, and Oh my <laughs> God, and Batman animated adventures, the Again, best Batman that ever crea- was ever created. Correct. But and you that got that. On, that was on the WB, yeah, right? Yeah, that was on WB with Animaniacs. Oh yeah, talk about a great oh, yeah. lineup. No, I had all those wonderful things, but we didn't have cable. So what we did was we just watched movies, the same movies over and over again. Yes. My mother realized how, no, I don't want to say how bad of a parent she was, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she, not listening. She's never going to hear it. <laughs> she said, she was like, uh, you know, babysitting my nephews. And she's like, I was looking for the Goonies and surprised that we don't own the Goonies. I'm like, yeah. We were too. We always wanted to watch it. And <laughs> we we didn't asked for own it, it like, over and over again. Just like Clue. We didn't own the movie Clue for the longest time. So we had to rent it, which was like, you remember? I mean, this is something people Clue don't really remember. Clue was an amazing movie. Oh, so good. Kill and I watched that too on Sunday. Um, you think about it, you know, you're going to the video rental store, your Blockbuster or your local place, and you have to make a big decision because you're maybe getting, maybe getting two. It's VHS not like tapes. Netflix where you're, you're going to scroll through and you won't choose you're something putting, because you're bored. You went there yeah. and you're going to make a decision. And you're going to browse. You're going to yes. take your time. You might get scared get by some good. of the horror movie movie video you know, cassettes. Oh, my Those God. That's why I watched by. them as a kid. That's why I watched them. <laughs> no, they terrified me. Loved them. Um, but yeah, and then and then you think about, okay, so how I don't know how much it cost to like rent a movie. Maybe it was like five not bucks back then. But think about that. If you're doing that, I mean, the cost of Netflix is just so cheap compared to renting VHS yeah. tapes back then. So, mm-hmm. and what, like we were talking about renting what, uh, the game video consoles? game consoles. I never, I never, oh, we, it was never like, you know, loved I mean, it. Talk loved about a childhood that it. it's amazing. <laughs> I'm to where I am today. <laughs> we take survived. it out. These people have had enough. Yeah. Well, a little trip down memory lane, share your, uh, millennial memories with us or your gen X memories. But you know, gen Xers always, Saying no one cares about us, but They're we do. Cool we we care about us. you here on the pod and our boomers and our Gen Y and Z and everyone in between. Thank you for listening to the pod. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a voicemail at 803-563-7169. Or you can leave us a review on iTunes. 
It's great. It's a great gift. We love it. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. Consider becoming an ETV member. Membership starts at just $40, and if you pledge at the $75 level, you get access to PBS Passport and all the great programming your donation helps support. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I've always wanted to host SNL, so stick around. We'll be right back. This has always been a dream of mine since childhood. I can't believe I'm up here. I mean, some of the greats. I just, I just want to thank uh, my guru. I want to thank, uh, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? This is just such an honor. Thank you all. What a great show.